And they kind of looked at me and they said the answer was, was alcohol. Tom Caulfield, James Whistle. This is the story of The Tempest 2. So ladies and gentlemen, The Tempest 2. Welcome back to the Tempest 2 podcast. How's it going? Oh, look at that raspy, deep baritone voice you've got. Yeah, Goodness me, what, what's happened? That is, that is the sounds of an ill man. <laughs> Not in a good um, way. Oh no, what's happened? Yeah. I, I know what's happened. <laughs> yeah, it's a combination of little virus going around, mix that with running every day in the freezing cold, and then going camping if you can call it that in the peak district at minus five and you've got yourself a recipe for a, a chesty cough <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll come on to the camping bit in a minute but um let, let's let's go over the running where we are today was day 18 i believe wasn't it? no 19 18 day 19, 19 today so yeah, day 19, 19 19 days of running consecutively I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be quite honest and open with everyone here. I was kind of hoping um, we'd be running a bit further than we are. Yeah. Uh, we. Uh, the second thing, actually, is I didn't quite realize how many feet are in a kilometer. <laughs> yeah. Um, quite a lot, it turns out. So the, the incremental gains of a couple of feet here and there really aren't doing much for my motivation. No, I think um, we we um, <laughs> when we were planning it, we had naturally, as we always do, big visions and grand plans of the you know we get a lot of people behind this. We could be doing a marathon today, but that also requires a hundred thousand people to be following us, which uh, seems to be where the uh, where the story stops. Um, I I think if there's anyone who works at Instagram listening. You know, we had a couple of years off, all right? We had a couple of years off. We didn't really maybe pay attention, and we seem to be being punished. Yeah. Um. I think if we just shouted out the window, um, we would get better reach. Than... Definitely. <laughs> I've got more... I've had more conversations with people on these runs than actually <laughs> than people that have started to follow us. So that's good. Yeah. I, I get more views on the stories and stuff on my personal Instagram. Yeah. I've got I've got like nine followers. Mm-hmm. And again, 12 and a half thousand or whatever. So something's broken um, and it's beginning to piss me off. Uh, but oh well. Um, I'm exactly the same. Just a quick technical one. I believe you're, it's cut from your microphone and it look, sounds to be coming from the laptop now or something. That's good stuff. So what I'll do is I'll, um, it's gone to my it's gone to my AirPods. Yeah, it does sound that way. <laughs> for no apparent reason. One second. That's brilliant. No, no. What I've done there is I've changed the wrong one. So I changed the <laughs> headphones to this. And now we should be back. Oh, you're back and you're crisp and clear. Right. So, ladies oh, and gentlemen, that is that is the difference between a good microphone and AirPods. And that is fascinating, isn't it? Because yeah, that is not in doubt. We're doing this virtually today, everyone. Uh, I'm in Bristol, my my city of birth. Um, <laughs> so we're having to do it virtually. I'm quite glad we are. Uh, the state of you. Oh uh, God, I yeah, I wouldn't. What you got? I wouldn't wish this on uh, 
anyone. <laughs> worst enemy. <laughs> I was going to say. So, so it's really? Phrase. I would like to apologize um, for uh, if I do cough into the microphone, even if it is a, that's all right, mate. a high quality. Um, that's right, it, it, You know, you can't catch it through the ears. Unless Huberman says you can. Which case, yeah. Huberman. We listened, we, we listened to Huberman's podcast about colds and coughs, didn't we, the other day in the car? Yeah. Um, some interesting facts, guys. <laughs> I, I clearly didn't take yeah. any of it in. Yeah, well, I was hoping you were going to jump in there because I've forgotten them all. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't catch it just by being cold. So that's a wives' tale. No, and a lot oh, of people no. do say, a lot of people say, oh, don't go outside. You'll catch a cold. Bollocks, Bullshit. he says. Yeah, you, you'll only catch a cold if you run into someone with a cold. Yeah. And they touch you in, in the mouth or the eye or the jap's eye. Yeah, and he, he did say that most people touch <laughs> their, re- I, believe it's their I believe it's their normal <laughs> eye. Their, their, just <laughs> the eyes on their head that they touch, but within three yeah. seconds of meeting a new person. I swear he's making that up. He's what, is making it like, hi, up now, isn't hi, he? Hi, how you doing? My name's Tom. I rub, I rub. I've yeah, exactly. never done that. No, me neither. But I have done, hi, nice to meet you, cock grab, cock grab. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that starts to explain it. Oh, that's why people are looking at me weird. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you'll never guess how I caught this cold. <laughs> yeah. Hi there, my name's Tom. Honk, honk. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Anyway. What are we talking about? Anyway, um, so obviously <laughs> you said running every day may be part of the reason you caught this cold, but the other reason which definitely would have contributed to that illness is uh one of the lowest points of my professional career. Um, why don't you in our commitment to content? We we've started to act a little bit fucking stupid. I won't lie. But why don't you, uh, <laughs> why don't you, you know, put out the idea behind this uh, overnight stay that we did? Why we were doing it? What we we're really trying to show? And then we'll be open and honest about the results. Yeah, sure. So for the ninety thousand people that listen to this podcast, you will know <laughs> that we have been spinning a wheel. In December, we spun the resilience wheel. We moved that to a slightly larger adventure wheel uh which is what led us to going up snowden in december for a one day in and out jobby uh, it led us to going mountain biking last week in bike park wales and then most recently it was to go camping in the winter in the peak district uh which on paper sounds fine it was minus five but there was a slight you know we wanted to make it a little bit more interesting so we thought Let's do it in the Tesla Model Ys in camp mode. Something that these cars are well known for, but often underutilized, I feel. <laughs> and for bloody good reason, it would appear. <laughs> so we, so, uh, oh when, when was this? Gosh. When did we do it? Fucking, uh, When's last... Tuesday? Yeah, about a week ago. Yeah. No, no, yeah, a few days ago. A few days ago. A few days ago. We found ourselves driving up the m1 to the deep dark lonely peak in derbyshire uh where we would ultimately just find the side of a road four hours drive. that was the only story we had yeah uh pulled up on the side of a road with some kind of view uh as we pulled into the peak district all the roads were covered in ice and snow it was fuck it was like i just got off the motorway and suddenly it was snowing 
Um, and then we started shooting some content. And we were like, okay, we'll give a bit of a review of the camp mode. And then we were stood there at about 10 p.m., stood outside the cars. We just pumped up these pathetic little uh, sleeping mattresses with a shitty sleeping bag. And we were just looking in the cars and we look around pitch black, minus five. And we're like, what are we, what are we doing? Why are we here? Like, no one cares. <laughs> Question. No one cares. And this, we're not, we're not car bloggers. That's the best part about it. No one cares what we're doing here. No, no, no one is expecting a review of our cars and how we sleep in the back of it. But we did it anyway. But what makes me <laughs> laugh is that it took us until 10 p.m. that night to ask ourselves that question. Why didn't we have this foresight beforehand and go, no, hang on. That's actually a mental idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think, after oh. even having that discussion, we found ourselves clambering into the back of the boots, didn't we? For what was a was... one of the roughest night sleeps I've had in a long time. What a terrible night's sleep. <laughs> Just awful. Absolutely awful in every way. So yeah. uncomfortable. Just like lying on your arm, then my arms kept going dead, and then oh god, it was just so shit. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't wasn't as expected. We uh we did do the review, and the what were the main learnings? That actually, as far as camping goes, it's convenient. You can drive. Yeah. You can be set up in five minutes. Great. Um, we. Is our fault, really, wasn't it? Yes. We'd just taken terrible little sleeping mats, a sleeping bag each, and a pillow. Um, so we'd essentially taken the sleeping setup as if we were hiking across the country uh, into a, our car, which had unlimited space. Uh, so we should have probably taken some blankets and really made a nice little go of it. Yeah. I mean, the main takeaway is it's a great place to camp if you need to camp. Exactly. Don't just that's a, good, that's a great M1. point. Yeah, don't just drive up the M1 for four hours and sleep in your car when there's no need to. That's a great point. That was the biggest insight I took away. Um, yeah. Especially when, yeah, there's just no, just a bizarre, bizarre decision from us. And we just drove home and it was like, what the fuck was that all about? Anyway, yeah. um, maybe there'll be a video coming soon. I'm not sure if I can take the embarrassment of releasing it, but we'll see. We'll see we'll how see. it pans out. I, I feel like it. It, it would be a good use to do it if you were going on like a long drive multi-day drive mm. and it it was out of staying in like a shitty motorway motel or like that's overpriced versus the car i'd probably choose the car yeah that's, yeah, that's, that's probably point. that's probably the only time mm. but hey yeah we live and learn hey doing hard things all the time i'm all right but I think what, what it made me think of when I was lying in the boot, um, massively regretting our decision, I was thinking about all of the, the pretty funny, weird, crazy places uh, we've ended up camping or sleeping across cool. the years. Like and it. I think, you know, we've got a pretty good resume when it comes to sleeping in weird places. Yeah. So I thought, you know, what we talk about today is... The experiences we've been on searching for the perfect night's sleep 
in different locations on different adventures, which which is our favorite, what the best moments have been, the worst moments there have been many. Um, and really just to give our insight as true camping visionaries uh, yeah. on, on what we recommend. So I think we don't necessarily need to go chronologically here, but you know, I think the first place to start, the probably the weirdest place we first slept in a bed together. This sounds <laughs> a little bit weird. Um was obviously the tiny little cabin on the boat yeah. during the 54 days at sea. Um, as places go to sleep, that one is a bit different, isn't it? Because it moves. It's I was going to say, I would still put that, and we'll go through some of the other ones, but I still think that is the first thing that comes to mind of weird places to sleep because it doesn't just move a little bit. It was gooing some. You're talking... <laughs> battling seasickness whilst trying to sleep and a weird little mattress that was wet most of the time stunk a little bit didn't it yeah it did smell quite bad after a while <laughs> all of our kit in there as well it was a it was a, a weird place to be but after the first what, what do you reckon two weeks or so sleeping in there was very easy yeah it became first, normal didn't it First night was mental. Terrifying, actually. But almost more mental that we hadn't practiced that. <laughs> That's what I find just remarkable. So, right, first night ever uh, in a rowing boat. It's like, sorry, but you've you've been doing all this training. It's like, no, wouldn't have thought so. This no, absolutely first. not. This training, is... what, bicep curls and bed yeah. over rows. Oh, so this is how this bed works. It's like, what do you mean? Yeah, the the biggest thing I remember from that bed is at night, all you could hear was the, it would be like the same almost like beat or rhythm of the auto hound being like, tzz, 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 which yeah. is this little electronic arm that was basically moving the rudder to keep us on a bearing. And then you had the like clunk, 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 clunk of the oars that didn't really fit in the uh, yeah. little, whatever you call them, what you put the oars through. So they're banging about, and then the the waves hitting the bottom of the hull, you know, yeah. where like it inches from your head. So you just had these noises, and it was just for the first weeks, it was just impossible to sleep because it was so scary. But I I think the craziest place we've slept, if you think about scary places, was El Cap, and yeah. on the ledge the impromptu impromptu bivy where we weren't planning to sleep. We screwed up the second day. We were tired. We didn't reach the camp and we had to sleep on that little ledge with our legs dangling over the edge. Yeah. I, I can't think of many more mental places than 2000 feet up with your legs hanging over the edge and yeah. trying to get a kit. And it was a, a shallow ledge at best, wasn't it? It was a, Oh yeah. Like down basically like half your thigh. Exactly. So it wasn't even like, yeah, you sunk into the ledge. It was quite weird, that, because the, the first night it was on a place called El Cap Tower, which probably after that night, that was the most mental place we've ever slept. And then yeah. the place we were aiming for on the second day is called Camp Six, which is a much bigger ledge, like wider, deeper, feels a bit safer, apparently. So we were expecting that, um, but obviously didn't get anywhere near it and ended up, yeah, in what is essentially the shittest armchair ever and um where we got 
we finally bedded down, if you can call it that, sliding a sleeping bag on as we sat bolt upright at like 4.30. And the yeah. sun was probably coming up like an hour later, wasn't it? And it goes from pitch black to the, the sun starting to come up and you can just see actually how high you are. That was mental. It's probably actually, it's probably one of the clearest memories I have from any adventure was yeah. that night because I remember sitting there and you, you were kind of sat next to me. You were, you were kind of closing your eyes, trying to go to sleep. And I remember I was, I was just so awake. I just, even though I was so tired, I was just like, this is fuck this. We like, we shouldn't be here. This is mental. And just looking around and I could just hear myself breathing. There like, wasn't another noise. Yeah. It was like dead silent. And uh, you look down over the valley, you're 2,000 feet up, and you can see the whole Yosemite Valley below you, the meadow, everything. And, like, you might see, like, a, I remember seeing, like, one car driving past, fuck knows where it was going, just thinking, like, this is, this is actually insane, yeah. <laughs> what we're doing right now. Insane. That's exactly what and, it was. It, and, yeah, when the sun came up, it was it was a mix of relief, but then pure horror that we had to keep climbing because we were so fucked yeah it was just like this is just this is dangerous now um but that is a night like i'll i'll never forget i can literally remember the feeling when i was looking around seeing like my breath like in the like the cold and it, yeah it was fucking mad a wild wild night's sleep well, no sleep at all but yeah i remember how exactly that we were saying how quiet it was on that ledge and then it made me think about all the fucking racket we were making on the lead up to that ledge everyone else yes. on the wall must have just been like who the fuck are these guys so true. just shouting our heads off swearing screaming at the top of our lungs getting That's pissed so off that true. the back was stuck and then we yeah, sit down and we're stuck. like this is the quietest place on the planet i've and never we like, thought of that oh bugger yeah, I've never thought of that. Just like a bunch of American kids in a museum is like yeah. just like screaming and shouting at each other. Exactly. Oh my god, that's just ruining any kind of tranquility for proper climbers. Yeah, exactly. Ama amazing. I love I that. It's. I was thinking it's it's one of those places. Like, if you had all the money in the world, like it would be very expensive to try and get to that view like try and experience that thing it's it's probably one of the few like priceless places you can like sleep very good point yeah mad isn't it there's yeah. like the huts on the side of the cliffs in uh, switzerland and stuff that are super expensive because of where they are but that was just you're only you're only there first if you're climbing okay and secondly if you've gone wrong yeah <laughs> it's a pretty <laughs> not many people have slept on that ledge have they well no because it's covered in piss people, <laughs> yeah. people piss on it from the camp above yeah We'll slept take banyo. We'll take it. We slept, <laughs> slept in a crapper. Slept in a banyo. That's a book title <laughs> if ever I've heard one. There we go. We'll flesh it out. Slept in a banyo. The shit sleepers. It's like, no, we're famous. <laughs> we're famous for the wrong thing. Bathroom boys. <laughs> right, we can stop riffing on these uh, toilet names <laughs> now. Oh, that's brilliant. Right. I'm going to lead us into the next one, which takes a bit of a deviation from the world of adventure. And takes us into the weird, strange little world of Airbnbs. I don't like particularly, them. particularly Airbnbs in the United States of America, where people are weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that the tagline for it's like United States of America, where people are weird. It's like yes, yes. <laughs> they we are. 
I think Make maybe America it, weird again. Yeah, I was gonna say it might have just been the city, the cities that we were in, um, that stand out. But I think the ones that were mental were Portland. Yeah, we had a dodgy one there, didn't we? We had a couple of weird ones in Portland. The one where we stayed in bunk beds. In the guy was a divorced father of two who grew weed in his basement. Yeah, we were in his the room that his kids used when they came over and stayed, and it was had loads of minions on the wall. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and we were in a bunk bed, and we were speaking at Nike's Global HQ the day after. And we were led in that bed, and we could hear the bloke <clears throat> hitting a bong down in the basement whilst we're trying to get some sleep. And uh, I said to you, I was like, we need to start taking ourselves more seriously. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is... But it was about 250 bucks a night for that place. It's just yeah. mad how expensive it is. I mean, he'd done a great job of selling it, to be honest, hadn't he? Yeah. And we'd stayed in the Nines, which is a, an amazing hotel in Portland the night before because Nike put us up. Um, yeah. And then we stayed in this place, I think, the night after because it was on our own dime. And uh, what a difference that was. I reckon the Nines might be the best night's sleep I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, true. Straight to one of the worst. <laughs> Just ridiculous. So yeah, Airbnbs, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people have stayed in some funky ones. I think we had some dodgy one in Denver, dodgy one in LA. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. We had a weird one in LA. Yeah. Get some strange places, don't you? Yeah. They're not, I, like you I, said, I, they're not cheap. No, not at all. It's just bizarre. I, I, I love it. I love a hotel. I really do. Yeah. It's a lot Hotels are so good. You just get a club sandwich at 11 p.m. Yeah. Thank get you, consistency. sir. Get consistency, yeah. don't you? And safety. Exactly. <laughs> safety in numbers. Very important. You just, you just need to run faster than the slowest fucker in that hotel. And in easy. America, that ain't hard. So <laughs> it, it's all good. Exactly. Yeah, love that. Fantastic. Um, <clears throat> all right. Going from North America to South America <laughs> now. Uh, and again, a really naive play from us when we traverse Patagonia. Uh, how many nights did we spend in a tent? We obviously did nine on the bike. Was yeah. it nine? Yeah. We two did, on the paddleboard. Two on the paddleboard, yeah. And obviously we didn't camp on the run because we didn't sleep yeah and uh yeah we took an inflatable tent to the windiest place in the world yeah and it <laughs> was mental, never do, i'll it? never do it again it was absolutely mental 100 kilometer hour winds uh just pummeling the tent throughout the night yeah oh, it was it was oh my god it was so shit it was so loud we were just lying there in like wet cycling gear yeah Bikes are outside just getting pissed on. Freezing cold. Di- oh, my God. Bleak. Moments like that. Moments like that. It's just like, why why do we do this? This is yeah. so dumb. Why have we got an inflatable tent? Why? Why do we? It's definitely one of the most mental places we've camped. Like, or any one of those nights. The night on the side of the Laliona River, when we got woken up by horses. Horses, yeah. Yeah, that was weird, just, wasn't a it? Ho- just a horse's head poking through the tent. That was weirdly <laughs> scary. Horses aren't usually scary. Yeah, basically. Um, and then we had the one with the moose in Sweden, camping in Sweden on the islands again. 
I just don't like camping. There are throw out there. I don't feel any less masculine for saying that. Um, I think that's fair. I just don't think it's great. One thing I'll say about Sweden is that was a mental night, and the first couple of nights weren't great. But I feel like after you've got used to it, the sleep can be pretty good camping. I felt yeah. like in Sweden the sleep was good until Moosegate. When yeah, you sleep, yeah. when you sleep outside and you get used to a shitty little camp mat and it being rock hard, it's actually it's actually quite nice. But it's just a faff, and it's it, the thing in Sweden is you have to camp in order to do the visit the different islands and stuff. But everywhere else, you don't really have to camp. No, there's Airbnbs, even though we've just hammered them to bits. There's hotels. You know, there's all sorts. I think it's worth also mentioning. I don't know if you can call it camping, camping, whatever that uh, is. Camping. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, camping, but that would be the five hours that we slept on the porch of the hostel in Patagonia. Oh, that yeah, but that was probably one of the best sleeps of my life. Yeah, how weird was that? Desperation. It was just, re- but just pure relief that we weren't dead, basically. Yeah. Absolutely I've nothing. never been so happy to arrive somewhere. I don't think it's like that feeling, you know, when uh, like you're younger, you, you go on a night out and you're staying at your mate's house and it, it's happened to everyone, I swear. And uh, your mate goes home before you and you go back to the house and you're knocking on the door and you can't get in. Yeah. And so you're like, Oh no, like what, what am I going to do? And like, I've had to sleep, sleep in a car outside before and horrendous, but, <laughs> That feeling when <clears throat> finally they open the door and you crawl in and you lie on the shitty sofa you've been allocated and it's terrible, but it's that feeling you're like, I'm safe. Yeah. I'm not a street yes. dweller. Yeah. It's just <laughs> one of the best feelings you can ever have. And that is what passing out outside the hostel in El Chartan gave times 10. I know. That, that, yeah, I was going to say dialed up a thousand. Remember we were like, we finally got back after fucking 24 or 26 hours out of the hostel and we were about as tired as you could possibly be mm. and didn't have our key and the hostel was locked so we we're like we'll just rest here like on the porch got in a sleeping bag literally 10 seconds later we were both ko'd and we got mm. woken up like five hours later by the guy who owns the hostel when they were opening up <laughs> which is just I mean, he did say you should have just rung the doorbell and let you yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, then we would have missed out on uh, one of the most epic few hours sleep ever. What's wild is, um, you know, when like Tommy Caldwell did the dorm wall, and yeah. I think he's I can't remember how long he spent on the wall, but weeks. Yeah, pretty mad just to camp and sleep and live vertically for that long. That is mental. Like, that must, I mean, I bet you he loves it, to be honest. But yeah, what a, what a crazy environment to be in for that long. Because like, as we know, you know, if you accidentally like, unclip yourself or you do the wrong thing or whatever, you, you, you're going to die. Yeah. But imagine doing that 24 hours a day for weeks on end. Like that attention to detail and having to be that precise and not get things wrong Yeah, and sleep. I think they got hammered by storms, didn't they? And they would just get yeah. pummeled thousands of feet up in this tiny little tent. Unbelievable. Sorry. I bet you so many people would pay good money to spend a night in a portal edge up El Cam. Definitely. 
definitely. Maybe there's, but a, maybe there's the, a business there. The the faff involved in it though oh, is yeah. insane. The faff in camping in your own back garden, let alone camping vertically fifteen hundred feet off like the ground. Everything is yeah. Like if you don't do one thing, you're either losing your tent or your life, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's a mental, mental environment. And we you know, we're lucky that we didn't have to take a uh what are they called they're, they're portal ledges aren't they we didn't have to take one of them because we were only doing two nights and we'd scoped out the ledges hilarious that we were supposed to stay on um but if you're doing a long trip or like a different wall that's another thing you have to haul up behind you which is just another thing to get caught under rocks yeah but yeah dead a thousand percent you could name your price i reckon one night on lcap yeah, I, I'm not sure we could set the tent up because someone would die, but I'm sure someone else could do that. We couldn't set the tent up or even help people get anywhere near the tent. Mm. I'm not even sure I can help them tie in at the moment. No, I wouldn't know. I've forgotten everything to do with climbing, <laughs> which is a common theme with everything we do. Um, Just forgot it on the flight home, usually. Yeah. So to conclude, <laughs> um, we've set in some weird places. Camping is C+. Hotels are A plus. Um, <laughs> so there is some some words of advice. Always stay in a hotel if you can. Yep. Otherwise, you end that. up like, like you right now. <laughs> yeah, I I one hundred percent would not be feeling like this if we stayed in a nice hotel. <laughs> and I <laughs> I'm on death's door, guys. Pray for me, religious or not. Pray for me. <laughs> for me bastards something's not right right we better let you go so you can you can lie down and really recuperate yeah we'll be back i'll be back we'll be back next week and uh i will feel better i can promise you that okay good stuff have a great week all thank you bye everyone ciao ciao